This podcast is brought to you by Nesta, the UK's Innovation Foundation, and was recorded at Futurefest, our weekend festival of ideas. Bone flutes, fender roads, and electronic gloves. This is the Futurefest podcast. I'm Emily Elias, and this time around, it's all about the music and the instruments that are making the sound of the future. On this episode, musician Chagall plays with her instrumental pair of gloves. Well, you can basically do anything you want. You can make any sound you want. Author and musicologist Adam Harper questions the nature of sound in music. Music is multimedia. It should not be reduced to sound. And musician and producer Matthew Herbert makes the case for the imperfect instruments. But let's start with the big questions. What will the future of music sound like? What will it be like? Where is it going? Musicologist and author of Infinite Music, Adam Harper, has a few thoughts on this. He took the stage at Futurefest and started at the very, very beginning. So I'd like to start 30 to 40,000 years ago in what is now Germany. These are bone flutes. of vulture bones. They've also found bone flutes made out of bear bones and indeed mammoth bones. So this is early Homo sapiens. Really what we're looking at is technology, even this early on. And uh, the idea behind um, a lot of uh, uh, this music, a lot of paleontologists think, is music as a form of social technology, not just a sonic technology. Music as a social technology something that can bond a group of people, something that can celebrate, something that can communicate both with people, um, uh, familiar people and with, with strangers across language barriers, and indeed a form of magic. Now fast forward to today. Apps, smartphones, and this is something very similar. It's, it's the app Ocarina by Smool, named after a very similar flute-like instrument. It reproduces the very simple instrument. You blow into the microphone, and the holes uh, represent the the holes that you would also have in the flute, and uh, you can play it like so. Now, what we have again is music as a social technology, and this time it's not just something to play among friends or even among strangers. This app lets you travel all around the world and hear the sounds of other players playing the ocarina uh, on the globe. So stop and think for a moment. This is a musical instrument or an app on a device that can do a lot more than that. A musical instrument, if you like, that connects you globally uh, to a society, to a community of music makers. So in order to imagine what music might be in the future, I think we have to be radically open-minded uh, about it, what it is uh, and what it can be um, and uh, start thinking about those infinite possibilities. In fact, we should, we should rethink music's ontology. And by that I mean what there is in music, what sort of objects we think music as being m- made up of. Because we might not have them in the future, And certainly, we don't have them in every musical culture, and we certainly don't have them in the past. So here are some of the musical objects, uh, as I like to call them, that we think of as making up music, that we might have to let go of. Melody, 
a lot of people, most traditionally perhaps, would say that melody uh, is a part of music making. As one of the most traditional ideas, I think this is the clearest one um, that we know not to be uh, the exclusive and entirely uh, comprehensive definition of music. Um, to say nothing of the fact you've got experimental music, music that uh, explores um, pure sound and noise and acoustics, um, which has been uh, going on for at least a century um, in the West. Uh, there are music uh, where the, uh, the, the center of the aesthetic is groove and rhythm and riff. So melody is, is only one of many possibilities in music. So let's get even more radical still. Sound, surely. Music is sound. Sound is at the center of music. And this is what 100 years ago uh, some of the modernist composers were beginning to say. Well, forget melody, they said. Music is organized sound. And I want to go beyond even that. And there are a number of ways in which music is more than simply sound. Firstly, I don't believe that music should be sonically determined. And we can look at this if we look at uh, experimental music or even other forms of older scores. But also, more broadly than that, Music is multimedia. It's really multimedia. It should not be reduced to sound. Now, of course, we've got operas, we've got ballets, we've got music videos, but you've also got the performance, the, the things people wear on stage, what's put on the, on the front of the album. I think music is, should always be considered multimedia, even if the sounds are considered primary. And as a social technology, music is never just about the sounds. It's about us. It's about our friends. It's about our future. It's about our community. So I often get asked the question, what will music sound like in the future? And I hope you're, you're beginning to see that that's not quite the point. Uh, that if there are so many possibilities, there won't be any one particular sound. And in fact, it'll be more than the sound that we might want to care about at that point. Really, the point is to imagine paths away from tradition. Um, and departures from our traditional understanding of music, whether that be the fact that it comes from a composer or that you hear it on a record or, or something like that. And of course, new technology uh, helps us to produce uh, these new forms and new sounds indeed. They can be used to make the familiar new and even create entirely alien musics. Um, alien music is my term for a notional form of music which uh, exists um, entirely different um, from our previous expectations to music. But there are also, um, there's also another form of, of music making I called synthesis, um, which uh, involves a, uh, a meeting of the past and the future and a mixture of familiar and unfamiliar elements. Um, I find that this is, might, might be the most useful form of new music because people are already able to half understand it. It's as if they're learning a new language in the process. So I'm about to play you some music by a, a London producer or composer or music maker or whatever um, on uh, the new album Populous. This guy's called Broodmar. And I think this music is somewhere between a synthesis and an alien music. See what you think. And uh, so for me, this, uh, this track is a mixture of familiar and unfamiliar elements. It might sound very, very alien to some of you, 
um, and those sounds are quite unusual. Um, some of them have been used uh, before, but it, uh, it depends on, on what you're familiar with. Um, but of course, one of the most familiar things in there was that you heard chords and harmonies um, staring at you through the, the haze of, of the alien fangs and tentacles. Um, and, uh, and it's that, that bit that you can hold on to as familiar that I think makes music like this uh, so powerful. But of course, we're really bringing, uh, beginning to break down the borders of music as a thing. If I'm waving my arms around telling you music isn't anything to do with sound um, at the end of the day, um, we have to question what music really is. And as well as everything else, as well as maybe not having albums in the future, maybe not having composers per se, or performers or listeners divided into these distributed um, areas of creativity, um, as well as everything else, we might not even have music as a category of art in the future. But don't worry, because I think we'll almost certainly have multimedia social technologies, even if all of, uh, we enter a new dark age and all of the technology that we know, uh, the digital technology disappears, we'll still have the bone flutes, possibly another day. Interactive multimedia social technologies, this is what music is. And if you want more of Adam Harper's insights, his book, Infinite Music, Imagining the Next Millennium of Human Music Making, is out now. Buy it wherever you buy books. Meanwhile, over in the debate space at FutureFest, the topic of instruments became divisive. Nesta's lead curator, Pat Kane, moderated the conversation as musician and producer Matthew Herbert explained why all of these new instruments need new ideas to back them up. Just to stick a question, it's so interesting the way that musical technology um, either just circles around the same affordances, as designers would say. Same what? Affordances, yeah, you know, yeah. the way things that things that we can do with wood and metal, and don't really change that much. But you 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 are addressing that in some of your work, aren't you, Matthew? Or that, what is the instrumentation? What's the basic instrumentation that was that could go forward? I'm going to bring my prejudice to the table. All right. Okay. Um, now, with all due respect, and I. This is purely an academic point, it's not a personal point, but I think, I think instruments in a way is a dead end. I think for me technology is, uh, is not invisible. I think that's the thing, I think that's one of the biggest assumptions that I inherited was that it was just invisible, but actually it's not. And uh, a technology is just a spade, really. And, and, but a spade is not just a spade, it determines the size of hole that you dig. And so, for example, I remember buying a, a sampler when I first got a sampler in the 80s, uh, Casio FZ1, and it, ha it came with no sounds. It just came with a microphone input and a line input on the back, and you had to fill it with sounds, and so that's what I did. Whereas now, if you buy a, a sampler, it comes with four DVDs with eight gigabytes of, <laughs> of like, you come with a Vienna Symphony Orchestra at your fingertips. So, yeah, yeah, the sounds that are built in, they just, you have, they've gone to the bother of, you get the best, you get the best musicians, the best instruments, the best microphones, you get the best engineers. Everything's perfect. The thing that I hate the most is the Fender Rhodes. The thing about a Fender Rhodes, anyone that's played it, is there's always at least one note that doesn't work properly. <laughs> and you hit it and it sort of goes, yeah. and it has, and, it, and yet you call up, you call up a, uh, a Fender Rhodes on your thing and it's absolutely perfect. And every motherfucker in the world is playing the same perfect <laughs> Fender Rhodes. Everyone trying to be original, everyone trying to have an original thought. Maybe if I play G minor rather than that A sharp, maybe, maybe that'll make me sort of stand out about sure. everybody else playing these same perfect instruments. And this sort of perfect kind of, this 
perfect homogenous set of tools mm. has killed the spirit of, of it. And I think that uh, it's made us, as musicians, it's made us consumers rather than, uh, I as think, mu- rather than As musicians, than it's made us consumers. As musicians, yeah. yeah. So if I sit down at the computer, it sits down, it tells me, okay, today we're mm. going to work at 120 BPM. Uh, it's going to be in sets of four. Um, and how about you use some, this compressor and this EQ and this? And how, okay, go. And why don't you use this particular beat? And we'll loop it all up perfectly for, for it. And it's like shopping. You just say, I'll have a little bit of lettuce and I'll have a little bit of... Uh, drums, and then I'll have a little bit of mayonnaise. It's just like building a burger, and then you can have a piece of music in <laughs> 20 seconds. The great thing about something like the hurdy-gurdy, like an instrument, the piano, the piano doesn't sit down, and as you sit down, says, have you thought about F-sharp? You know, it's really good, you know. <laughs> the, hur- the hurdy-gurdy is, it's empty. You fill it, you know, so it encourages, immediately encourages a philosophical principle. And this is the thing that I really dis. Uh, this is where I really diverge from Adam's sort of principle, actually, which is the one thing that he misses off the manifesto that I read about his deconstruction and smashing up and all this kind of stuff. He never really talks about ideas. Well, actually, that's the most important thing, and I think that's the thing that we've lost. I think that's really... That's the crisis, the crisis in ideas. It's not the music. There's always amazing music being made. There's always amazing musicians, no matter what the tools the best people in the world can still make a piece of music with a perfect Fender Rhodes, you know. An interesting person can still do something amazing with that. It's not that. It's about the ideas. Why are we writing music in the first place? What do we hope to achieve? Mm. I, would, I would suggest that maybe we don't need any more love songs, you know. I think <laughs> that no matter what my, what my feeling is about my wife, it's probably covered within the range of available music. <laughs> and... Uh, I don't know what else anyone can add to yeah. that, really. I really need one about arguing about money on a Tuesday afternoon on the way back from school and then having a really nice meal and a really nice evening together. Mm. You know, it's like... Anyway, it's, I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Um, so for me, it's about, for me, it's about ideas, and I think that that's the crisis. There's too much music. We're just spewing it out. I read this... Uh, someone, I did a talk and someone came up to me that worked at Apple and told me that 75% of iTunes has never been downloaded once. So we're just... And that figure's going to go up the more mm. music that's going, mm. That, mm. that's going. So it's just this sort of outpouring and there's just no-one's listening anymore. So for me, the technology is about spade. I just feel like we've got an absolutely massive spade at the moment. We're digging ourselves a massive hole. <laughs> and really, we need... I don't know, kites instead or something just to like get away from holes. But one musician who's got both ideas and new instrumentation is Chagall. Throughout this podcast, you've actually been listening to her unique sound. And what sets her brand of music apart is the instrument. She is playing a pair of gloves. They're called the Mimu Gloves. They're programmed to trigger different musical elements as she moves. I caught up with Chagall at Future Fest to learn how her gloves work. My name is Chagall Vandenberg. Um, I work for Mimu Gloves. Um, we make these data gloves that um, basically work as a controller um, to control your computer or anything that's MIDI controllable. Um, I, I use them mostly to make music since I'm a musician. <laughs> um, I write and compose my own music uh, and hoping to soon also perform it 
with the Mimi gloves. respond to um, your postures um, so a, the combination of um, yeah your fingers how, yeah if your fingers are bent or not so a fist could mean something completely different than a one finger point um, and they also respond to a movement so from left to right or up or down or um, uh, roll of the wrist and also respond to um, yeah like um, peaks in your movement so you can like drum in the air basically basically do anything you want you can make any sound you want um, you can make you can control any effect that you want they look quite futuristic but um, I mean I also really like them just like to wear them um, so they're not they um, have open fingertops so you can still play piano or guitar or like any instrument basically and they've got some holes um, in the fabric where your palm is so you can still clap um, and then on your wrist there's a, a neoprene cuff um, and it has um, like the, the, the main hardware in it um, so there's a gyroscope and something that's called the exosk um, and that basically sends the information that's gathered in the gloves um, from your bend sensors and the gyroscope sends it to the computer via wi-fi Performing electronic music is quite abstract, um, and um, we we like to say that it just yeah a lot of the time it looks like people are making electronic music or DJing look like they are just checking their email because they're bent over the computer, and using you can control yeah you can control most things um, already, but you use faders and knobs and it's all quite like not very um, nice looking or um, captivating and. With these gloves, you can make stuff that the audience otherwise wouldn't really get what was going on, really visual and very captivating. Very captivating, indeed, to watch a video of Chagall performing. And trust me, this is something that you want to watch and spread across the internet. Go to nesta.org.uk. And that just so happens to bring us to the end of this episode of the Future Fest podcast. This podcast featured music by Broke for Free and, of course, Chagall. FutureFest is brought to you by Nesta, the independent innovation charity with a mission to help people and organizations bring great ideas to life. To join the conversation, go to the website nesta.org.uk. And if you like this podcast, do us a favor. Why don't you tell your friends or better yet, rate us on iTunes. A simple click can help others discover what you've been enjoying these past few weeks. We'll be back next time where it's all about hope, democracy, and where the two meet. But until then, I'm Emily Elias. Goodbye.